0: My name is Dan, and I am weird. But I don't see weird as a bad thing, though. Being weird just means you march to the beat of a different drum. You don't fit that mold that society wants to shove you into. I'm out searching for people like me. The weirder, the better. This is my story. These are their stories. This is the power of weird. Weird. This episode of The Power of Weird is brought to you by the Rosemary Run Novel Series, published by Standards of Starlight Books. Follow the women of Rosemary Run, California, as they face the darkness hiding beneath their community's picturesque facade. The stakes are high, and the twists and turns will keep you on the edge of your seat when you read these emotional, pulse-pounding, domestic suspense novels, with characters who always show up for each other when it counts. Find out more about the Rosemary Run series, as well as other Standards of Starlight novels at standardsofstarlight.com, or by following the link in the description below. Hello everybody, and welcome to The Power of Weird. My name is Dan, and I'm your host. A little bit about me. I'm 37 years old, I'm 6 foot 7 inches tall. In my adult life, I've weighed as little as 295 pounds and as much as 640 pounds. I'm sometimes too smart for my own good, but at times in personal relationships, I'm also pretty clueless. (laughs) I've been a vegetarian since 2001, and I also don't drink coffee. I'm a sought-after brand designer and leadership coach, and the co-founder of a lightsaber combat program. I'm also a dad to a great 17-year-old kid, and a proud uncle to three nephews, 21, 18, and 9, and three nieces, 15, 14, and 12. What's probably more interesting about me though is that I'm an autistic entrepreneur and business professional. A book that I read in my early 20s changed my life forever. It was called The Secret of the Shadow by an author named Debbie Ford. In this book, Debbie talks about the things that we sometimes are embarrassed about ourselves, bringing them into the light and making them work for you, creating your own special recipe with the ingredients that only you have to make a difference in your life and in the world. At this point in my life, I already knew I was weird, but I didn't know about my diagnosis. I've tried to accomplish the mission she set out for me in this book every day since. I'll leave a link to the book in this description below. Part of that mission was to make this podcast, finding other people who are weird or different, or who don't fit in, and who are living their best lives because of it. Through interviewing them and telling their stories, I hope to learn more about myself and that everyone listening does the same. Today, I'm joined by sci-fi author, Penciler and all around great guy, Shane Berry Hill. When I was a young kid, Shane was a positive role model and a great example of someone who didn't have to care but did anyway and made a really big difference. everybody welcome to the power of weird i'm super excited today i've got a a special special guest here on the line with me coming to me from uh either chattanooga or south pittsburgh i'm not sure which one he's in now somebody i've known for a very long time who was a very formative influence when i was a a young kid in elementary school um way before i found out about any of my diagnosis or anything like that who always just kind of had an eye on reality versus an eye on perception and um, which is funny, to, that's, that's what I say about him because he actually is a uh, accomplished sci fi writer <laughs> um, and author and has done all sorts of cool stuff. Shane Berry Hill is on the line with us today. Shane, how are you doing, man? It's good to see you.
1: Dan, my old friend, uh, it is an <laughs> honor and a pleasure to be here with you, brother. I am so happy uh, to look at your face and, uh, just, I'm proud of you, buddy. I would hug you through the ether. if I could.
0: <laughs> Fair uh, enough, man. I appreciate it. I'm I want whi- to
1: get, give, uh, I want to tell your listeners though. You mentioned, yeah, I worked with Dan or, uh, he's one of my <laughs> students when I worked in college at mm-hmm. a school program at uh hopgood elementary and uh, you guys were some of my favorite students by far I, well that's I
0: appreciated man um one of the things for me um and i don't know if you know that this is something that's remembered at all one of the things for me growing up is that uh I never quite got the whole normal like social process, as you would say, and it's something that's taken me a long time to to really kind of hone in on how that actually works. Most people it's instinctual, but for somebody with my weird brain wiring, I had to learn that process and it had to become a cognitive process for me. And one of the things about it, at least in my case, was that I was so oblivious (laughs) to how I came off to other people. And I'm sure I seemed like I was just a nice nightmare to some people because I'd be nice and funny and kind and smart and one moment and then in the next I would have this just wicked, you know, arrogant obnoxiousness that I didn't even know was there and, and I didn't know how I was being perceived. And uh, one of the tentpole moments for me in developing the process of trying to be not just a better person, but understanding more of how I was perceived was uh, I think it was my fifth grade yearbook, which was the first year we ever made yearbooks at that school. I was part of the annual staff, which was fun. You wrote a really nice note. And then I said, you know, remember that humility is a virtue. And that was one of those things that stuck with me and something that um i kind of incorporated into kind of how i approached interacting with people because it, it, you know when you're somebody like me oftentimes it's all one way or all another and i find that it's much more um It's a much better approach to go in humble and to go in without any expectations of being anything when you go into a situation and just go in and be quiet and and watch the room don't go in and be the loudest one. And um, it's something that served me very well and whenever uh, my mom would get irritated with me for many years later up until actually recently she'll always say well remember what shane wrote in your yearbook <laughs> and so that 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 was a big like i said a tentpole moment for me i don't know if you know that but it was uh it's something significant and has played a big part in who i've become and the work that i do now
1: wow dan uh i'm, I'm tearing up buddy um i didn't know um but i mean you know i, I full disclosure you know of course i I met your mom later in life too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. through another job. And we may talk about that in a minute. But, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but again, I'm proud of you. Uh what an honor for me to be in your life, uh, all your kids' lives, lives at that stage. Um and uh, it just shows, you know, people are always to put put together. We're here for a reason. Everybody you come in contact with. And uh, you know, I had the honor and privilege of being there with you. And uh, if uh, so, if uh, if I've helped you, thank you, just uh, uh, I would just encourage you to continue. You're obviously uh, doing being passionate about what you love and doing and helping people just just always pay it forward. Yeah,
0: for sure. Well, I I am. As, as part of it, it's funny, I, I actually got the chance to run a before and after school program many years later when oh, I lived nice. in North Carolina. Yeah, I was I was always tickled with that. And um and then even many years after that, I, I now have a client that I work with that these folks are really close friends and they have a, you know, a. Um, a huge martial arts school and their big income maker is their after school program and i've been able to go in with my experiences on both sides of <laughs> the coin with that and be able to really help them grow that and
1: Um, Very cool. What martial arts are you into, man?
0: Well, actually, I'm not a martial artist as far as that kind of stuff goes, but the uh, co-owner of that gym is a 5th degree uh, Taekwondo black belt, and he and I have created a uh, lightsaber combat program. Uh, So that is definitely something that I'm all about. That is
1: fantastic, man. Next time you're up in Nashville, you
0: gotta come and... Oh yeah, no, it's good stuff, man. It's great. Um, I'm the the geek side of that equation, and he's the ninja side of that equation, so it works out well (laughs) between the two of us. Um, But yeah, next time you're up this way, we'll definitely have to get you in some gear. And uh, we joke with folks that we actually do like a family dueling night once a week and we get the parents and the kids all like done up in big thick heavy pads and all stuff. And um, we joke, obviously it's not any posters or anything, but we joke like, hey, this is the only time you're allowed to hit your kids. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And with a stick, no less, like, you know, with a light up stick, it's great.
1: My um, son's about as tall as I am now, and he—he's—he's uh, yeah, he's like you were, buddy. He is uh, head and shoulders above the rest of his. Oh yeah, classmates, yeah. So uh, I, I, he might be the one hitting me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, you know, what's funny is your cousin, uh, Brian, who was also one of the, uh, after school teachers, he always would get so irritated. I think when I was in like sixth grade, you know, I broke six foot when I was in fifth grade. And then in sixth grade, um, I remember he would stand like with me back to back and our shoulders hit the same place, but my neck was like four inches taller than his. And he hated
1: it. <laughs> Brian's a tall guy. He is. Yeah.
0: Um, it, it was always funny. He'd always try to dunk on those nine foot basketball goals and good. And, uh, you know, somebody just because they knew like it was hard for them, they'd like jump out the last thing and be like, I just want (laughs) to dunk once, man.
1: (laughs) Yeah, white man can't jump or jump. It's definitely
0: yeah, runs. i uh, Yeah, I, I would have to agree with that statement as a rule.
1: <laughs> yeah, in, in fairness to my cousin, though, he was a good baller. Just that was not one of his skills. Oh, sure. Oh, agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But uh, it, it was always just funny. Somebody at the last second would always run in, and he'd, he'd be – I mean, he wouldn't be cussing, but he'd be flailing his arms around, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, <laughs> turning bright red, just hey. – ah.
1: Anytime you get to make, uh, have a laugh at, uh, Brian's expense, I'm all for it. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, retroactively, what is it? 30 years later, 29, 28. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you plant seeds and they pay off <laughs> later, I guess yeah, that yeah, works. Yeah. Well, so, um, I want to, I, as someone who has created fiction and nonfiction works and, and is a content creator, um, I, I'm fascinated by anybody who has that creative bone in their body where they could go and, and make something completely new out of nothing and then also not just to create that but to find a way to be able to relate that to the common experiences that people have to be something that is held onto and cherished and admired and that kind of thing and you've been able to do that across the spectrum of multiple different types of media even I mean how does that feel to be to know that you know you've created something out of nothing that now is a permanent part of the zeitgeist
1: uh, well, I think you might give me a little bit too much credit. To end, but, uh, it is cool. Um, I don't uh, ruminate on the accomplishments so much. I think sure. that may be a uh, a and and I'm I mean yes, I think it's cool. I'm proud of my work, uh, <laughs> but uh, just to, and you know, and I have uh, imperfect human and I'm flawed. I'm sure, sure I have vanity, but it, it, for me, the the joy is the process, is the making, fair enough, creating and doing it. And and you know, I will do, you know, it'll keep me awake at night. It will uh, you know, I've tried, I'll be honest with you guys. I've I have tried to quit writing, but I just can't. I just love it. <laughs> sure. It, it calls to me. Um so, but just to be honest, you know, uh and my wife has even gotten on to me. It's like, "When well, will it ever be enough, Shane?" Like, you will <laughs> always be, you know, and she's right. It goes to the uh as quick as I'm done with one project. Mm-hmm. You know, I've probably already got one on the back burner that I'm ruminating, sure. and then, and then that's my new baby. It's kind of, a, you know, it's kind of like with you and your classmates at uh, Hobgood. You, you guys, you guys are out of the nest now, doing well. Oh my so, lord, yeah, we're all over
0: the place, yeah. <laughs>
1: so now I turn my attention to. Uh, you know, the next the next baby on my plate. And that is how I think of my projects. Sure. Kind of, uh,
0: my um my kindergarten teacher, Beth Blassingame, um, she is a friend on Facebook and you know, I'm sure you've at least encountered her before being around the school. But um she posted something a few years ago to the effect of I'm never gonna get used to looking at one of my former kindergarten students with a beard on their face and a baby on their hip. <laughs> I thought that was just, that That was really good.
1: I've had some, go, go ahead.
0: Man. Well, I was just gonna say some people my age have grandkids at this point, which is a little yeah. crazy to me, but you know, Hey, but that's it, a, you know, it's a valid thought though. Like, Holy Dude, cow.
1: Let me tell you, um, and, and I'm having this feeling now, I should preempt that, uh, looking and talking to you, man. But I remember, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I left Murfreesboro and came down to Chattanooga got a job here. <laughs> And But, you know, for a long time, my friends were predominantly were still up in Murfreesboro and sure. I was a young single man. So mm-hmm. uh, I was traveling up there most weekends. <laughs> well, what, it wasn't from Hobgood. It was a young lady from Black Fox whose okay. dad was actually a professor at MTSU. Um, but I remember me and my buds went to a movie in Murfreesboro and she oh, was no. handing me a ticket at yeah. a job. <laughs> yep, I was like... <laughs> uh it's time man did i feel old (laughs) and i'm like maybe it's time to to not be up here yeah
0: no joke man no i get it it's uh i'm having trouble telling how old people are nowadays too like like it's uh Oh, it it is. Well, since, okay. So I have two nephews, one who is 18 now and one who's 21. And, um, it, ever since Andrew, the older one turned 18 now it's like, okay, I can't be in the same dating pool as my baby nephew, you know? So like now I have to gauge like, you know, there's a big difference between, you know, 23 and and 28 now (laughs) a lot bigger than (laughs) there used to be. And it just, it blows my mind just to, Oh, it's all sorts of nuts. It's it's like a minefield, man. It's crazy. Well,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. oh, so you much like, or I'm assuming much like myself, or I, I've gone where I've done like, better money making jobs and then i've gone and done ones that are like more of giving back and, and doing more for kind of the community and the world kind of trying to do both right now <laughs> we'll see how it works you know um but uh, so when you went and worked uh for the state if i remember correctly is when you kind of reencountered my mom uh she was yeah, a special was... projects manager for the uh tennessee commission on aging and disability is what it's called at the time uh, if i remember correctly you were at the chattanooga regional office was that right
1: Yeah, in a nutshell, that was the second job I had in Chattanooga, and uh, little did I know, come walking through the door, but uh, but Miss Dan's like, hey, what are you? She's like, oh, hey, Shay, I love you, good to see you, but buddy, (laughs) let me tell you this, your mom did not, She basically, she audited what we were doing. Oh. And she did not take it easy on me one eye over. <laughs> just, That sounds and, about right. And, and uh and uh, but she smiled and she said, Oh yeah, you know, she was not mean about it at all but oh, right, right. Did she did she uh <laughs> grind down on it. Uh now in my defense and everybody, the job I was doing, you know, was kind of just thrown into. And you know, sure. we were just all figuring out as we went. Right. We didn't have any really hard training. Well,
0: like. it was the shit program, right?
1: Uh, um, this, uh, you might want to enunciate that a little better. SHIP, S-C,
0: <laughs> or S-H-H-I-P, wasn't it something like that? Some sort uh, of weird? It was, uh,
1: it was SHIP. It, uh, it, uh, senior a Health Insurance acronym. Program. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Makes you think we're a nautical program. Or it, something.
0: it did. Actually, in North Carolina, when I lived there, they have the, the SHIP program there, too, because it's a it's a federal grant done by yeah. state. And they had a freaking boat on a billboard. They're like, the Senior Health Insurance Program. Oh, that, you that, know.
1: that was on our flyer. I was like, uh, you know, and I would always say, this is terrible, guys. We need is
0: Damn. well anyway long story yeah. short
1: yeah we uh basically i facilitated a team of uh, medicare counselors staff mm-hmm. and volunteers
0: so. well you know the the reason she was probably kind of uh uh you know hard oh, on yeah, you guys with we, that
1: what uh i should back up before that i was mm-hmm. also quality assurance so i had uh any oh, okay. contract uh we were dealing with uh i my, had my hand in it <laughs> and, uh, buddy, did she have her hand on me? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, cause she <laughs> built that in Tennessee, she built
0: that program from the ground up. She originated that program in Tennessee. Oh, so, awesome. so yeah. she had, you know, when you talk about a project being your baby, that's kind of how she was with that is she, right. uh, you know, she took the grant from inception and then made it what it was um at least to the point then when more folks started to come in and were <laughs> doing other stuff so she uh and, and she also is very much a uh, you need to do it my way or <laughs> just don't oh, do it at all kind yeah, of person mom was so. the
1: sweetest of ladies it was uh, uh you know I always <laughs> look forward to seeing her and the rest of uh, uh the guy the liaisons Everybody sure. was not from the state i mean they really were I, I you know um and uh had a good time and uh Uh, A great experience, just like being at Hopgood and so forth, different, but also challenging. And I'm sure, Dan, you're old enough now, you can look back on things in life that were tough. Oh, yeah. And you realize, but even that teaches you something. Very true.
0: Well, you know, there's a in my intro for every podcast that I for at least for the first season, I might change it up later. But um, I talk about a book that I read in my early 20s. It's called The Secret of the Shadow by a lady named Debbie Ford. And um, that was another tentpole moment for me reading that book because she basically says, like, you know, you always have this voice in the shadow that's always telling you you're not good enough. You're, you know, and for whatever reasons, and most of the time it's for the things that make you unique and set you apart okay. and the experiences that only you have had. And and she, you know, kind of basically says, you know, shine a light on it all, take all the ingredients and all the experiences that you've had that nobody else has had throw them into a pot, mix them up, make your own recipe and then contribute that to the world because nobody else can. Yeah. And, um, you know, and that's something that, again, that's what I'm trying to do <laughs> now. Um, and again, I, I feel like that's something that you've done, too, um, you know, w- with your art being out there in the world and and even, you know, and working for the state, I mean, people. When people think of government jobs, oftentimes they think of, you know, bureaucracy and all this other kind of stuff. But what they don't realize is in a job like where you were at, you're making a difference in actual human beings' lives.
1: Am I, am Absolutely. I right? hundred percent. I mean, what we did was, uh, you know, if, you, if any of your listeners have parents or grandparents, they mm-hmm. probably know what a beast uh, Medicare is. Oh, yeah. And what, what the program in a nutshell did was walk people through that process at absolute no cost. Mm-hmm. Right. So and I mean in all humility, sometimes we were just making it's an incredible thing. Um, just mm-hmm. the major differences in lives whether or not they had food on the table right. in their golden years. So uh again, that was a privilege of me to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Learned a lot and taught me a lot. And uh just just like with you guys at ESP Extended mm-hmm. School Program and Hobgood. um it was just—it uh, was my honor to be mayor, and I realize that more and more the older I get. Fair yeah. enough. That's yeah. something that I, I definitely have an appreciation
0: for when I was in an environment like that as well. Um, for those folks that don't know, um, you know, we're talking about uh, this program started in the uh, late '80s in the Murfreesboro City Schools, in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and there weren't really like after-school programs then, like there are now. Um, Uh, E.B. Hunt, who was one of the teachers there, was the first site director and Hobgood itself was the first school that had that program as a pilot program, Um, I noticed because E.B. Hunt was my uh, sister's sixth grade teacher who was older than me and who always kind of kept an eye on me when I was little, and um, and they started that when my sister was at the school, and then when I came along and my mom went back to work, you know, I, my sister never really used it, but I did, and um, it was the first one of its kind. I mean, all you know, there are after-school programs out the wazoo now everywhere, but they wouldn't have happened without the programs like that, and it, it's kind of almost like the Wild West of <laughs> that type of thing because they were figuring out as they went along, um, you know, exactly what was the best way to do all of this. And Mr. Hunt was wonderful. I mean, he definitely was a key to that, but I think another big key is, uh, you know, you guys, everybody that worked there were, if I remember correctly, um, the bulk, all of you were college students, but the bulk of you were education majors. If I remember correctly too, or a lot of you were, Is, is that sound about right?
1: Yeah, that usually helped. Uh, I definitely was. I um, mm-hmm. my major was well. I should qualify that my major was psychology. My minor was it was a double minor, art and psych and, uh, and education. Uh, both my parents were teachers. They're retired now, of course, sure. long retired. Uh, my <laughs> dad was actually uh, vice principal at my high school when I was going, which wasn't a fun experience. Yeah, I'm sure, way. yeah. But no, he he got to stay out of my way, and I stayed out of his. right, sure. Um, but. Uh, you know, again and uh just looking at that, it did. I mean, it helped. I I think of course you're you're learning and teaching stuff there. And uh you know, and that may have been part of the reason I got into uh ESP. I think we had to do so many uh hours. <laughs> I can't remember, but you know, if we sure. if we if we worked at ESP, we didn't have to do that because we oh, were nice. doing it.
0: Well, and you were making uh, a little money on the side too, which right, is always right. nice. Yeah. 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 A
1: pittance, man. Right. Uh, <laughs> I but, remember uh, that. <laughs> it, it, it was uh, it was actually a before school uh, program too, which I did for a while. I think I can't remember which school it was, but ooh, that was rough. Yeah. Those, those five a.m. mornings were rough. Oh, because this is college, and uh, right. I would never let you guys know uh, <laughs> some of the shenanigans that were going on. Oh, Wednesday I understand. Hours, but, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but, you know, uh, not that I ever went into uh, ESP. Oh, of course not. No, no, no. no, Ever. Absolutely not. I can say that with uh, 100% uh, truth. Um, I mean,
0: every once in a while, you'd see somebody that was a little flush or something.
1: but <laughs> Yeah. Well, I hope. I mean, and, you know, and I don't remember because, you know, that would have been a a danger to you kids uh if i'd ever caught anything like that i would have jerked them aside myself oh, of course yeah uh, yeah
0: but uh i think most of that was just from like running around being a college student you know yeah, that, w- that would be like my
1: asleep. yeah I mean, mm-hmm. but
0: anyway but i mean all things considered though i mean especially now having had the uh benefit of hindsight from being an administrator in a program like that i mean that is not the easiest thing to do in the world i mean Uh, parents now granted you're with kids for a short time but you know parents have like i mean i mean what is it the the most that i've ever seen a parent have is you know one of these like 17 18 kids whatever in general though it's more like at most two or three you know granted you've got them all the time but they have no idea what it's like to have 15. 15. Yeah. or 20 yeah. or hey let's bring everybody together because we need to cut hours this week 30 in the gym running around like maniacs with their heads cut off like it takes a whole different skill set <laughs> to be able to handle that kind of situation than it does to say sit down and buckle up you know hey I'm going to pull the car over like it, it's a, an entirely different world that they just don't understand and
1: realize that's true but at same token uh, and I was thinking about it before we got on here today Dan even now those those are some of my favorite memories is, uh, is mm-hmm. being a feature with you guys at ESP. I mean, in my entire life. And I say that sincerely, it was so much fun. Um, it was, it was hard some days, but sure. for the most part, I mean, it was just a joy to be there with you guys. That's um, appreciated. Uh, <laughs> I would have, uh, like, I remember, I don't know if you were there, but it was at Hobgood. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's, well, you, like you said, 20 plus <laughs> right. years. It's so been so a while. Tell, I can tell the story now. Sure. But, But like with some of the boys, we lined up and uh, we they let them circle me in a bull ring, and I was like, "All right, we're going to wrestle. We can wrestle, but you can only attack one at a time." And then then when I say it's over, it's over, you know. and that way I and I did that purposely like because I knew I could control it. I could keep right, it. yeah. Uh but man, it was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. I definitely would have gotten fired had I known that. But I remember yeah.
0: you had a uh, you had a good bit of advice. I think I was in maybe fourth grade and you you said something to the boys, you were like You know, you guys should really stop making fun of them girls because one of these days they're going to look really pretty to you and they're going to remember what you said.
1: (laughs) That sounds like uh, 19-year-old me or 20-year-old me, whatever I was at
0: the time. Hey, man, words of wisdom at a young age is still, it's solid, man. It's good information to have. It's very true. Uh, One of the things things with my weird wiring which i've always been this way but anything that i have even a remote interest in i've got basically an encyclopedic memory of so i can recall stuff from a long time ago that is just very you know it's it's so that kind of thing jumps out is you know that was definitely good advice like wow that really you know um i mean of course in that time you know we didn't have to worry about all of the i mean there weren't people saying nasty things or anything like that it's not like kids were worse it's just that you know there wasn't the concern about every little word and all that other kind of stuff so it was just a very different environment to be you know you could be yourself a little bit more without the concern of you know oh man my second intention behind that statement offended somebody three tables over (laughs) or whatever like it is now It's a, I I hate it that people, younger people now, like have had to go through all, it's, it's, you know, there's a learning process that's supposed to occur and and all of that kind of stuff. And it feels like kids now just aren't getting that (laughs) anymore. You know, they're just, they're, they're having their hands tied behind their back because everybody can just whine about something and it's,
1: you know. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, uh, and I guess, basically, what you're referring to is cancel culture. Uh, basically, uh, yeah. I, 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 I think, and you know, and, and of course, social media and the internet. I think that's number one. Uh, I think that you know, and this is an old man waxing at you. Uh, <laughs> I think the internet brings out both the best and the worst in people. I would agree with that. And because you can hide behind an avatar, it's often easy to be at your worst, and <laughs> so. I just, I see people just lost, just attacking the person. It's okay, I think, in any thing. Uh, there should be no sacred cows. All ideas sure. are up for attack and for healthy uh, discussion, as long as you show empathy and, <laughs> and then have... Um, uh, one of my favorite writers speaking of writing is uh or back in the day was a still i still dig stuff harlan ellison and uh i heard him speak live one time and he got he said not everybody's uh you know you think you're entitled to your opinion no you're entitled to your educated opinion uh, i like um, that and, and so i i think you know that's lost um uh-huh. you know uh, and fake news has brought it out i literally uh Somebody, you know, uh, not to get political, but uh, somebody's already—I noticed—posted something on my line, on my. Speaking of social media, my social feed, <clears seat, throat> and it's from a website. One little Google search, they did no vetting. Oh, One little Google search showed, you know, there's just controversy surrounding this website and everything. Mm-hmm. So, oh, you gosh. know, don't do that.
0: Just right, right. Science. Well, one of the things that I try to tell people in, in my experience, because what, what I do now, professionally, I've been freelance for about four or five years, um, self-employed is um, a lot of it is storytelling, but I'm, I'm a brand designer. So like I work with small businesses to kind of find the best way to graphically tell the story of who they are and then create, you know, stuff to go yeah. along. You know with kind of their basics and essentials but what i've shifted into more so is doing like training and consulting and coaching for communication like how to be able to as a leader in an organization uh find common ground and figure out how to you know it, it's not an employee's job to try to learn how a leader communicates it's a leader's job to be able to learn how their employees communicate um you know they don't pay employees enough to try to you know figure out you know which buttons they don't have to put all that other kind of stuff. And part of it that I always try to tell people is that the most important thing is not where you come from or what you sound like or what who you vote for or whatever else. It's all about treating people with the same kind of respect and understanding that you want to be treated with, you know? And it's it just seems like, uh, like you said, the internet brings out the best and the worst, of people and you see some people who are great about it and they're really out there and they're, they're being a positive force for people. But then you have others who, you know, it's not even a, (laughs) it's not even on their radar to to be kind and nice to others. You know, people who say, Oh, that's a, your hair is horrible in that picture. Go kill yourself. Like who says that, man? (laughs) Like who does that? Like my, uh, I mean, my dad wasn't somebody who was, uh, you know, rough or like we we didn't get spanked or anything like that. But I swear if my dad would have heard us say something like that, he would have knocked our heads off. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's in it, uh, uh. You know, it, it, I agree that, you know, it, it's one of those things where you should stand up for somebody's right to, to say how they feel and what they think. But there are certain times when people just need to keep their mouths shut and not, <laughs> you know, not dive into that. It, 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 it bugs me, I guess.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I think uh, and uh, I, t- I, you know, I took a, a course and uh, and kind of the stuff you're talking about. And, you know, I, I Dan, I'm not the brightest bulb on the Christmas tree. So there was a lot of uh, <laughs> complicated jargon involved with the course. Sure. But my takeaway were these three caveats, um, it was uh, don't tell it when, when engaging in any kind of conversation where uh, conflict is nigh. Nice, don't tell you don't tell yourself any stories uh-huh. about the situation. Remove all emotion. And just ask open-ended questions. Right. I think if if our country, if our people, if our politicians would adhere by those three caveats, uh adhere rather, um, <laughs> that the world would be a much more, you know, uh genteel place and we'd get a lot more done without so much uh conflict and aggression. Um and now I say that and I've done it um, yeah, I I know it works. I know mm-hmm. it works. I wish, you know, at my wife probably wishes I would have hair to it a little better at the ha- around the house. <laughs> I know she back. Right. Um but so uh, am I perfect? Do I do always do it no. 100% I don't. But anyway, just a just a that's that's my uh my final bow on that package. Sure. Well, right?
0: well, you know, one thing that I've noticed is that especially so I always in school, I always got well, up until high school, anyway, but that—that's a whole different story. But in school, in general, I always got really good grades. Always tested really high, all that kind of stuff. And but one of the things as I got older that I realized is a lot of those same people, and and again, I think it was a lot to do with people like that don't necessarily see how they're perceived, and they don't—they either don't know or don't care to know how other people see them because they're off in their own little world. And as someone who works with a lot of different types of people, um, I think that as far as value goes, me personally, anyway, I feel like emotional intelligence has just as much, if not more value than traditional test score intelligence, Absolutely. you know, and, and that's one of those things, you know, going back to writing in the yearbook. I mean, like that's something that I feel like you've had, you've always had, you know? Right. And so, so don't be too hard on yourself. <laughs> if You know, <laughs> you know, if you got a, you know, 85 or 90 on a test instead of a hundred or whatever, because <laughs> you, you knock it out of the park when it comes to the emotional intelligence side, which is something that is far, far more rare and something that is far less understood but it I, I think that's one of the things that stands out to to anybody who meets you you know I know my mom would always say that everybody loved you at work and you know and all this kind of stuff she'd always <laughs> your say your mom should have
1: hung around the Chattanooga office
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know she, she'd always talk about that she'd be like Shane's just the best it's so great I love going down there and it, and it just is
1: <laughs> right, I had some offline conversations with your mom you guys, you and your sister, the most precious things in the world to, to her and uh, as, as it should be with any mom. And uh, you were all, of course, were to me, too. Uh, if by chance, again, I can't say mm-hmm. that, uh, Dan, uh, any of your old friends from Hobgood or whatever listening. Hey, Mr. Shane still loves you. He still believes in <laughs> you. And uh, I know you're all going through private things in your life. Keep going. Believe in tomorrow. Tomorrow will be a better day. That tomorrow may come tomorrow, a week from now, ten years from now. Uh, I've been there. I know those struggles. Hold on though. You're tough. You're strong. Uh, I would never have wasted my time with any of you if you weren't. Um, so, so keep at it. Keep going.
0: That's cool, man. That and that, that's something that means a lot too. The um, you know we, we never really think about in like school environments and in professional environments, we don't always consider the opinions of coworkers and of classmates and teachers and different things like that to be as important as say, you know, family members or friends, but those are the people that see you all the time. They're the ones who yeah. have a better judge of your character yeah. than, you know, when you go home and do your homework and go to bed and somebody just sees the back of your face, back of your head, right. you know, cause you're walking yeah. the other way. And so, um, uh, that's one of those things that if people really sit and think about it, you know, it really does resonate more because, you know, you guys were the ones that we saw all the time, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, it, it, it's a, it's a very different situation. And it's, uh, you know, those are the people who see the real you, you know, the, the you know, because especially in a situation like you were in, you know, school's exhausting. <laughs> you're finally done. You're ready to like evacuate, <laughs> you know, and, and you, you're able to let your hair down for the first time time so to speak all day i mean you really got to see like the real people you know that were there um even more so than the teachers do because there's a certain level of expectation when you're in class of like okay i must engage i must pay attention i must you know, step up and be the best, blah, 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 blah. You know, there's all, there's a lot of pressure for that. And so it's kind of neat that you got to see the, the, you know, the, the actual relaxed guard down versions of all of those people. And, and there were a lot of us crazies. I I remember very vividly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Dan, again, it was just my honor, buddy. Uh, it was, it was a wonderful time in my life. Uh, one, I often uh, revisit down memory lane. Um, and uh, I'm just proud I could again I couldn't say pr- uh, how proud I am of you guys
0: so tell me about how you got into um how you actually got into writing and because you do non or you do fiction from what I understand right like yeah, 100% yeah, yeah. fiction well yeah, I mean is that, that something sense, okay. <laughs> well sure sure is that something you got into young is it something you kind of discovered later on I mean has it always been a goal to kind of put things out there
1: uh you know yeah I just always um always love stories and i'll be honest with you i mean you guys you might remember i probably drew for some of you back yeah yeah that. i remember that so, so that was my uh outlet at the time when i was with you guys um uh and i actually uh, continued that uh it was around the turn of the millennium i went down to the uh first comic convention uh i think it was the first MegaCon in orlando florida that's awesome uh, i was already here in chattanooga and i took my portfolio which uh it was good, but it, uh, in, in all humility, but it, it wasn't good <laughs> enough. Sure, I get and, uh, it. It was a good reality check for me. Now, uh, I I, um, I, mean, it was solid storytelling, but there's, you <laughs> know, there's just a lot of things. So I, it was a reality check again. So I realized, you know, if I either had to hone my craft or move on, or it was just going to be a hobby for me. And it sure, turned sure. out just to be a hobby for me. Ultimately, uh, though, may I still have the window open. Maybe that'll change someday. Sure. But anyway, when I came to Chattanooga, speaking of going through tough times and struggles, you know, I did leave Murfreesboro um, and all my friends, um, my parents had uh, divorced. Um, my brothers were in a bad way. Um, and so even back in college, um, reading was you know, I was in a fraternity at that time. See, talk about private struggles you don't <laughs> even know about. I'll tell you, um, I was in a fraternity, surrounded by friends, a lot of good people, mm-hmm. um, but not really close with with any right. of them so much. Uh, they were my my party buddies, but, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, when my parents been on the outs, they were, you know, enrolled up in what they were going through in life, uh, and I, you know, they kind of just. Let I was just off the radar and uh, I forgive them at that for that at this point sure. in, in my life. Um, you know, I realized they were going through tough times. Uh, my my brothers continue to. Um, in fact, I, I uh, my youngest brother, Joseph, um, I miss him to this day. He uh, he overd he OD in 2015. So that would be the other thing I would tell you and your pals uh, just stay away from drugs. The, the you know, it, it, it's just going to ruin your life and ruin that of the people who love you. So, um, <clears throat> but anyway, not to go down that path. Oh yeah, path. no, I get it. Yeah. Anyway, I was going through tough times. Oh, and uh, on top of that, my girlfriend of several years broke up, had just broken up with me. Oh, and, uh, to get through, quite, man. to get through it, man. I just, uh, I'd always read, but I became oh, a really avid reader then and the audiobook <laughs> um and so books got me through it man they got me through that tough time in life that's cool they, get, they got me through that tough time and uh once I got to Chattanooga and just you know it was a upheaval in my life um but uh so the the power of literature is big um and it was big in my life and uh and I love books but I was reading a novel a bestseller uh-huh. I couldn't tell you the name of it. I do. I <laughs> honestly do not remember. But I mean, it was a best-selling novel, and I was read that, and I was like, it was pure Sherlock. It was terrible. <laughs> uh-huh. I literally flung the book across the room and said, I could do better than that. And I waited and thought a minute, and I was like, you know what? I could do better. And so I just started writing it, writing like a madman. Um, terrible at first, terrible. Um, <laughs> but you know, I kept honing my craft. Uh, finished the novel. Or, or start writing short stories and I was submitting them getting rejected uh right and left but then I started getting letters back like you know what this is pretty good it's not for us but it's pretty good and so that that you know I kept pushing I kept going for it and uh so long story short um uh, my first novel um will this be Videoed or just podcast, man? Just, just audio for okay, yeah. great. Well, you can't right. see it at home, uh, <laughs> uh at listeners. But Chance Forces and the Outlaws, uh, was my first published novel by um Tor Macmillan Starscape. Uh, speaking of uh, elementary school, it's aimed at middle school students and and uh, in an elementary school.
0: So that's like the YA young adult category, well, kind of where that would be, yeah.
1: The uh, the YA is kind of synonymous with team romance at this ah, time. Ah,
0: gotcha. Okay. It, it
1: doesn't, it doesn't, uh, but I think Harry Potter, I think Percy Jackson. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chance, Fortune, and the Outlaws is, uh, I mean, it was, you know, I love comics, and it was basically a prose love letter to superhero comics. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but anyway, um, and it got picked up. It made a uh, New York Public Library book for the teenage at the time, uh, Texas Lone Star reading list and which uh, other national reading lists follow and pick it up. And that's, there's a series of that out there. Uh-huh. And then, you know, I just kept writing more and more, uh, getting other things published. And uh, fast forward about to, uh, <clears throat> it was probably 2014, 2015, uh, my first comics work uh, uh, with uh, the good people at 12 Gauge Comics, uh, published Sherwood, Texas, uh, which I wrote. Uh, and basically it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's a retelling of the Robin hood legend as a uh, motorcycle biker gang epic. <laughs> well, that's so, great. Yeah. yeah.
0: So for, for those that again, cause we're not, I'm, it, it's going to be probably at least season two or three where I actually like where I start integrating video type stuff. So um, Shane's got this very cool wall behind him that has covers of some of the different works he's done. Like Chance Fortune is there but then sherwood there's is, <laughs> is like that that is a very cool comic cover that i'm seeing right like and it's a uh, so is do you still have do you have things like that are active on amazon if people are discovering you for the first time where we yeah, can drop yeah, a link yeah. in the description and they can go find everything to be able to read and to buy and that kind of thing
1: yeah uh i should qualify this is upstairs in in my little uh cubby man cave uh, this stuff is on <laughs> I, I, it's not a, a ode to Shane. Uh, it's just, you know, we hide it away and uh, have a presentable house at large. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I'm active. Uh, you can uh, Amazon anywhere. You can buy books or sold. You can or- order any of my books through your local bookstore. Um, but uh, search my name, Shane Berryhill. It's a compound word. Um, but uh, what I would really like your listeners to check out now Um, Today is August 10th, and right now, Full Tilt Boogie, I've got a uh, Kickstarter for my original graphic novel with uh, Alex Ogle, uh, co-creator, artist uh, Madia Monaco, and colorist um, uh, Maya Opasic. It's uh, called Jason and the Olympians, and you can go to uh, jason, .dot info to check out the Kickstarter. Uh, the elevator, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a graphic novel for fans of Star Wars, for Evangelion, for Voltron, um, for um, Nickelodeon's uh, Avatar, The Legend of Korra, cool. all that good stuff. The okay. the elevator pitch is: um, Imagine a world where uh, the Greek myth, the gods of Greek myth, were real, and um, not only did they exist in ancient times, they continued to exist throughout history and then probably a hundred years into our future well their enemies the Titans return and revealing the dark alien menace behind their legend the truth and uh, they basically wipe humanity out so the last of humanity escapes on a space art the starship Olympia oh wow so it's up to uh, Jason Mukai and her uh, demigodish friends who are clones of demigods of the past of ancient times um, or genetically engineered rather sure. Uh, and uh to, to uh you know we're we're playing on the greek myth to take to find and activate their giant robot uh colossi and form the uh even larger giant uh, automaton protector tallow <laughs> that's great uh, yeah.
0: i know a lot of people who would definitely be interested in that and i'm sure a lot of people that listen to, to my channel would too i was i knew you had that project going on i was gonna i was, I was gonna bring it up i'm glad you did uh, that works out even better um so what what's the deal with um as far as the kickstarter goes what is that going towards is that going to the the time and the development and printing and all that kind of stuff Uh, well
1: the book itself is already done complete so your listeners can rest assured um you know they'll get the product it's not one of those (laughs) is it done will we get it scenarios right right so basically we're uh we're just basically asking for printing and shipping costs at this point fair enough okay No, that makes perfect sense. So hmm, trying to think
0: if you had to one thing that I've come to learn about uh, writing and fiction in general is a lot of times there are, uh, you know, there are different tropes. The, The idea is to have enough of the like the specific things that really catch your attention, but also to kind of have a little twist in there that makes it your own. I mean, what have you guys done to be like it's a you're playing on a lot of common, really classical mythical themes which i think sounds really really cool um you know w- what is the what has dif- what would differentiate that like like if there was a hook that would differentiate what you're doing from some of the other and, and not to say that it's not different already because obviously it is i mean there's so many differences in all the different fiction fictitious worlds out there but if you've got sci-fi folks especially you know what's the hook with those people that that's the, something that really is going to make them just drool over it and and want to you know just read it cover to cover and over and over again.
1: No Dan, that's you're exactly right. And uh and uh you talked about you're trying to get some writing projects going. Mm-hmm. Um 100%. I I can tell you're on the right path because don't rehash clichés. Right. Uh, as a rule of thumb, uh turn those tropes on their heads, turn them inside out. Um and uh but at the same time, when we envision, you know, and I've done a lot of non-commercial stuff, but I make no bones about it. Jason and the Olympians is a popcorn roller coaster commercial mainstream book. Okay. And, uh, cool. But the, uh, the, the, you're talking about the, the refreshing aspect, the hook uh-huh. is it's, it's an all female cast basically. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Yeah, there are, I mean, it's, uh, there are some <laughs> secondary male characters and uh, you know, I wanted to and they're cool. One of my favorites is uh, one of the male characters. Um we'll <laughs> talk about him in a minute if you like. Sure, yeah. But you know, it is uh Jason and her demigoddess's friends, uh Herculea, Percella, oh, Aquilina, cool. okay. all those uh, Thessaly, all those all those, you know a powerful, uh, you know, wise ladies in what's historically been roles reserved for males. For men, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. That, That's the new, that's the twist. And that came about in large part, you know, like I said, I mentioned my co creator, Alex Ogle, who, Mm -hmm. guys, Alex uh, just lives up the road from me. uh, uh, And uh, that's how we got together, basically. We like comics, we like all this nerdy shit. Sure, yeah, yeah. We're proud of Alex. Um, The news just came out in October. He will have an alternate cover for The Amazing Spider Man number five. I mean, number 75. Oh, that's awesome yeah so super proud of that guy heck yeah but well uh, you know once you guys get to the
0: when you do a big like launch with this book um i I guess whenever your kickstarter campaign or whatnot is over um you know it's definitely not outside the realm of possibility to be able to have like all of you guys your creative team and do like a special interview with, with you guys to talk about your you know talk about the book and the process and all that kind of stuff i think uh a lot of people especially well okay sci-fi and fantasy fans especially are, are a different breed you know <laughs> um, I'm, which i know you know um but you know where they really do they want to be challenged and they they also like to peek behind the curtain as it were as opposed to you know like fans of you know romantic comedies and different things like that they like to kind of take it as it is but sci-fi and fantasy fans like to dig in you know and and so if you guys would be up for that that would be a Really cool episode that I, I think would be a lot of fun to have all of you guys on and just talk about talk about the the book i mean it's, it seems like it'd be a lot of fun and and like i said all the sci-fi and fancy people out there would be just chomping at the bit to get a you know peek behind the
1: curtain and see what the process was to get it all going uh anything's possible dan um, you know, <laughs> uh, and thanks to the internet now I'll be honest, and see, this is this is the cool thing about modern technology, and I'm going to get back to what I was saying about uh, the all-female cast. Of, oh yeah, for of sure, Gomez. please. But uh, just just to say, I the the uh, Alex, my co-creator, he's an artist, but he's uh, on this project. He's our graphic designer, our letterer, and <laughs> more. Uh, oh, I can't sure, say enough but... about it. But the true artist of the project is uh, Madia Monaco. I'm uh, probably mispronouncing his last name. Uh, <laughs> Monaco, Monaco. Um, okay. And he is an artist in Italy. I have never met oh, wow. guy in person. Oh, that's amazing. You know, we have only messaged and exchanged emails and that kind of thing. Uh, he's a super nice guy, though, you can tell. Sure. It, but, uh, uh, I need to do the Zoom with that cat. Uh, him <laughs> and both uh, the uh, colorist, Maya Opastic, who is mm-hmm. just phenomenal as well. Now, I have no idea where she's located, but... Uh, <laughs> He's also, I can tell, a super nice person. And I'm sure. so lucky to get her on board on the project and Maddie of both. Um, but back to what I was saying about sure, yeah, you know, yeah. the, what differentiates us with the, mm-hmm. the females in this load. Um, this kind of this idea just stated was, uh, you know, I, I was like, what is a story that both Alex and his uh, daughter, who's uh, a teenager now, she was probably mm-hmm. middle school when we started mm-hmm. this um but she's she's pretty young in high school um what is a daughter they could both read together and enjoy equally Uh, and boom there it was that's cool so so, you know i mean i
0: was always a sucker for uh, greek mythology anyway so anything that has any kind of tie into that i'm going to be the first one lined up to read and see and (laughs) you know all that kind of stuff
1: yeah and all humility i mean that 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 twist that bringing together those two unlikely bedfellows Mm -hmm. of of ancient mythology and space age star sure. warsian story is what appealed to me and uh you know like uh, what is good about a lot of stories you know there just mm-hmm. there are no new stories dan there's just only <laughs> new ways of telling old ones. sure and um just just being able to just to have that juxtaposition you know that's mm-hmm. what excited me about the project uh, one of the things i'm doing right now just kind of promote us i'm doing these little Character bios, uh, which kind of gives backstory, just on on social media. Just trying yeah. to intrigue people and get them interested. But, yeah, yeah. And and it's you know it's all this this uh, below the water information that you wouldn't get just reading the graphic novel. Right. Or talking about process, I had to know and be aware of as mm-hmm. a writer because that's what would direct the story. Right. Uh, you know, it's kind of like when you probably heard actor interviews when they do a character. That character may have one line in a film or show. Right. that Actor or actress has envisioned, you know, an entire or created an entire history for them. Right. All that goes toward how they will react. What what that what how they will deliver that one line. Right. In other words, I hate to sound cliche, but their motivation. Right. Right. I got
0: you. I always like to say uh, cliches are cliches for a reason. It's because a lot of times they do end (laughs) up being true. (laughs) So they bear repeating.
1: yeah, they're true and they're not um you know i think uh you should and this is definitely a case where we purposely like hey we are purposely going to put empowered females into these traditionally male roles sure because um, that's what made it fun and fresh for me to do oh yeah yeah um i i didn't want to just tell you know um voltron or robotech come over again right you know, right this is a new twist on that old trope mm-hmm. um and just made it feel fresh and fun and new again for me personally that's cool
0: we um we participate well we actually participate at multiple comic cons now with the the lightsaber combat program (laughs) but (laughs) um like it seems like uh the last one that we went to was uh international collector con here in Nashville the ICC con and it was a, it, it strikes me that you would like you guys need to be <laughs> sitting in the room with all these different guys because it's a uh, you know it, it just it, it fits in perfectly with kind of the atmosphere of all that kind of stuff I know you said you you've been to stuff like that before I mean is that something you guys have planned as kind
1: of a you know kind of like a <laughs> press tour almost to, to, to get well, out there in front of people you know that's the unfortunate thing about the pandemic it's kind of mm. squashed a lot of those things uh my favorite comics convention and it's uh is a uh, heroes con it's in uh, uh charlotte north carolina uh, okay if you're a real comics fan it is a fantastic show um that, i mean because it, it is one of the last now there's cosplay there's media there's all those things oh right? sure yeah but uh, it is one of the last true bastions of comics culture and celebrating mm-hmm. that. And it's just fun. It's a huge show and just super big names in the industry. Right. You're going to be there. Um, and I've got got—I've been lucky enough to be a guest. My first convention that I ever intended attended was actually San Diego Comic-Con in 2006. Oh, wow. I got to That's go awesome. as, a, as a guest and uh, talk about an introduction. Heck um, yeah. Yeah. But it, it was it was incredible. It was an incredible the, the, experience.
0: The, the the granddaddy of them all. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. That, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. Me being me, Dan, I didn't take a moment to really enjoy myself. Sure, fair uh, enough. I I got together uh, <laughs> because you know, chance, fortune is what I had at the time, and I sure. was pumping that hard. Uh, and so I literally made. I didn't even hang out with my wife. I like there's so much oh, so man. contact. <laughs> I got a schedule, and I had right. going to these producers and directors and right. and had my wife presenting those materials. <laughs> <to others>. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, that's it awesome. A
1: about it, so.
0: Doing yeah. a uh, doing a handshake tour of the con there. That's pretty good. Yeah. Going. Oh, oh man. What do they call that in political worlds? She was a surrogate, right? She was yeah, a. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty good that that uh, you know i do have to say too um that's that's a heck of a thing to be able to have a partner that supports you and and stuff like that i mean speaking from my own experience and being like an entrepreneur and and being self-employed and doing like creative ventures is that it's definitely not for everybody you know it's not something that people can necessarily stomach the whole thing of uh you know especially when in your it's, it's you know what your income is which i uh you know, I don't know what you've got going on as far as like if you do like a regular nine to five still, but it's still I one of those it things. So it, it's it's still That's one where
1: consider, mm-hmm, I just want yeah. to throw this caveat in, you know. Uh you can get health insurance through the writers guild, but sure. uh, but uh I don't know that it's the best in the world. I've got a wife and son to support. Right. And uh and you know, we're under my health insurance, which uh, my day job employer implies. So uh it's a passion for me um sure now you know it'd be fantastic if someday i can do it full-time that'd be great mm-hmm. um maybe it'll happen maybe it'll want i want to write and create regardless um, sure. and one of the things um having a full-time job allows me to do is to focus on the actual the true projects i want to do right with. um so many i know who uh are doing it on their own you know they just they have to take work for hire in that Right. that line, but I, because I do have a day job, I have the luxury of saying no, <laughs> sure. which is a good power to have. Oh yeah, have it really is. Online, so.
0: so what is it that you're, you're doing nowadays? Like what, what takes up your regular day to day?
1: Well, man, let me tell you, um, I recently, I got a new job, but for the past four years, uh, Dan, have you had a little Debbie cupcake? Occasionally, I say that because uh, when I left the State Man, I went. I worked as a uh, supervisor for McKee Foods, which is uh a uh, it's Little Debbie's oatmeal cream pies, nice, okay, cake rolls. Uh, my last line I worked on there was um, the uh, the cupcake line. That's why I say that. So it's cool, yeah. Cupcake, it was brought to you by Little Debbie's, ain't big. But uh it it was a it was a very challenging job. It oh, was, I'm sure uh, it was uh it was a very rewarding one too. Uh like with we, I talked about your students being mm-hmm. to be there with you, man, my my crew, my people that I met there, uh phenomenal folks. Um again, I was it was an honor and privilege to mm-hmm. be there with them. And uh, you know, you, it's one of those things you don't realize it right. a what's going on. And then when I'm leaving, you know, you start to understand. Mm-hmm people let you know like, wow, really? I had no idea. Right. uh, So again, for you, for your listeners, you guys are influencing people out there all the time now. And, uh, just, just, uh, you know, leave that room better than when you found it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Always. I encourage you. Um, but right now I'm working for an insurance company. Okay, cool. Which was the first, it was a similar job I had first out of Chattanooga. Um, Okay. So, um, and good people there. Oh, yeah,
0: for sure. Well, one of the things, um, so I've talked to, of course, a lot of folks that, um, my goal for the podcast, of course, is called The Power of Weird, right? It's all about folks who march the beat of their own drum and, and and do their own thing regardless of kind of what society's expectation for them is. And so as a result of being like the the prototypical weirdo in that <laughs> sense, I know a lot of people, of course, that uh, that, that kind of fit into that category. And um, what the thing about it is, is all the people that I've talked to so far about being on the podcast are people that I really admire, that I'm fascinated by the things they do. It's, it's a sincere admiration it's not blowing smoke up anyone's butt and it's funny because i've gotten the response from a few people like my my uncle's a good example i have two uncles on my mom's side um, they're both going to be on the podcast which is great um the older one of the two which is the middle child my mom's the oldest he is a professional juggler uh who lives in las vegas he's a two-time world champion. Um, like seriously two-time world champion jugglers published a bunch of books he was the first guy to juggle live chainsaws as part of his routine nice. like like in all seriousness he's gonna be on the podcast and then um and, but then my other uncle who is is just as out there in my opinion as far as being different from the status quo he's been a studio musician in Nashville for the last 30 some odd years. Um, he went on tour with Pam Tillis and was her band leader back in the day when she was still touring. Um, he's recorded albums with all sorts of different people. And then he got to the point where he didn't want to travel so much anymore after being on new year's Rockin' Eve, however many times with Dick Clark, you know, and, and um, you know, and decided just to be a studio musician hanging around Nashville. And, and so I'm, I'm talking to him a couple of days ago. And, and his response was typical of a lot of people. He's like, well, I don't know that I'm that interesting. <laughs> and, you yeah. You know, (laughs) and I'm sitting here like, really? really that's your response and um the, the thing about it is is i feel like by talking to all you guys and again every single person that i'm having on here is somebody that i greatly respect and admire and think a lot of and people that do what they do regardless of you know kind of how everybody might look at them because of it and uh, and i feel like with people out there listening and especially as the listenership grows and people discover what we're doing you know even if people don't think they're interesting if you don't find yourself fascinating and interesting there's going to be somebody out there who never knew that you were in the world who after they hear your voice your story um things that you've been through and even just your thoughts about things that those are going to make a difference for people um and because you never know it's one of those things you never know what little tiny bit of something um you know a a fleeting line, somebody signs in a yearbook in you know, 1994, you never know when a little thing like that is going to be a big thing to somebody else. And where, where interesting, doesn't even begin to cover it, you know, where it really makes a difference. And so, uh, you know, I've still got more stuff I want to talk to you about, but since I'm on the topic, I greatly appreciate you being on here. You're somebody who I followed all the stuff you've done closely, you know, um, and who'd really, you know, did make a significant difference for me. Um, until I hit seventh and eighth grade um, I didn't realize that uh, that in elementary school I was kind of tolerated for the most part if that makes sense but there weren't a lot of there was not a whole lot of uh, investment especially from the people around me as far as just like accepting who i was i was one of the kids they didn't have to worry about i got good grades i kept my mouth shut i behaved all that kind of stuff but there were a few exceptions to that and most of them were found in esp and you definitely would be the the prime example of that and uh for somebody who's always been on the outside um looking in especially you know social groups that kind of stuff to be able to have some to be able to have somebody and recognize that that you know that person sees you as as a human being as an individual and is accepting of just you being your own breed of weird and you know I mean even my family to an extent like we, we found a, a journal that my dad had written uh, a few years ago my sister did and he wrote something to the extent of like i still don't know what to make of this kid i just know that if you put mac and cheese in front of him you can just watch him go <laughs> um and so it, it's it's something that for me is a big deal you know because it, it, it like i said when i hit seventh grade it was a much smaller school it, it was a very different environment and i felt That was the first time I kind of felt accepted in an overall system, you know, just for being as weird and off the wall as I was. But there were exceptions to that earlier than that, and you were definitely one of them. So that's something that I greatly appreciate and want to make sure to bring to the forefront. Um, I have a lot of important people in my life. I've, I've worked to move pieces around to get rid of the toxic ones and to you know bring in more good ones and i've got people from the furthest ends of both sides on the political spectrum and you know folks that are right down the middle people that do all sorts of different stuff people that you know work at factories people that are self-employed people that make art people that kick things for a living (laughs) i mean all sorts of different stuff and the thing that is valuable to me as a human being as a person and as a professional is that the the things that you know is it, something that i learned from you which is that the quality of the person outweighs any other thing that is that you know somebody may think the exact same things as me but they may be the worst person in the world and that's not somebody i want anything to do with and so that life philosophy for me is can be there, there's a direct line back to getting to um you know have the time to, to learn from yourself and a couple of others, um, you know, I mean, like there's there's a straight line back, you can trace it straight there. And so it's a it's a significant thing to me. I mean, that's a more formative than I can even begin to describe in words. But just something for you to know and for everybody else here and out there, like, uh, you know, all the stuff you do is very, very cool. But you also are the root of that for me of find the good people, find the people who treat people right, find the people who are good to others and care about people regardless of their background like that's that, that is a core piece of who i am and that leads that comes directly from my experiences with you
1: wow wow dan again uh, i don't know what to say brother um but never doubt it um you are a masterwork of creation young man not so young anymore <laughs> but, and, and not that old eight, but not that young yeah but you are a masterwork of creation Again, it was my honor to be with you, to be with all you kids at the time. And uh, I, I considered some of the best times in my life. Um, so thank you, buddy. Um, and uh, just just keep paying it forward. Never doubt, never doubt what an awesome, awesome person you are. And that, uh, you know, life is hard. Life is a lot of work and we have to put the work in. But, sure. but, but you're up to the challenge. All of you were, all of you are. Up to the challenge more.
0: Well, again, it's it's all about, you know. So many people are worried about the uh, getting to where they're going. You know, there is definitely something to be said for appreciating the (laughs) appreciating the trip. And, uh, you know, so that's, that's something that I, again, I always try to look at. So um, one thing that, so everybody knows that listens, I typically send out a questionnaire ahead of time to try to get some like jumping off points and different things like that. Cause you know, everybody that I've interviewed so far are people that I know, of course, but it still helps to kind of know, you know, what's going on and all that kind of stuff. Um, you just were kind of, you, your response was unique. You were like, Hey, you know, we'll just, we'll just talk and see what happens, <laughs> which is fine. But there are two specific questions that I have found everybody's uh, answers to incredibly interesting, and there uh, and so I do want to ask you those right quick. And I'm going to preface this by saying that uh, um, there the, the questions I'll just say are, you know, what do you feel your greatest strength is, and what do you feel your greatest weakness is, and not like in a job interview sense, just in general. Um, that i'm going to preface again your responses by saying my uh my dad was extremely type a i don't know how much you remember of him you know he, he would come in here once and pick me up early but um we found something a couple a few again a few years ago when we were looking through some of my dad's old stuff that was a psych evaluation that his company had performed on him at the time because they were considering him for a higher level executive position and um basically they said very intelligent fiercely loyal works very hard um will do anything and everything to accomplish a goal at work not sure if this is a strength or a weakness (laughs) Uh, and you know straight up like that was the and so that's what has made that's why i put that you know on the questionnaires because i just like i think to myself like wow, <laughs> you know, think about that. And so I've gotten real interesting thing answers, you know, uh, a, a lot of people, their answers are the same. Um, some people think it literally a friend of mine I interviewed last week um, said, you know, well, my strength is my legs and my weakness is my back. I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> um, so, but I'm curious to hear, you know, for you, what the answers to that would be and kind of, you know, how you feel self-reflecting on that for yourself.
1: Oh, wow. Um, my greatest strength Um it may be my greatest weakness as well. Um, I, uh, I think the people who know me, Dan, which, which you do to a degree. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, just, you know, just sheer, sheer unadulterated. I'm like a, uh, you know, uh, somebody told me once like Shane, you are the rock upon which the waves crash. And, uh, <laughs> I like it. And, and so that, that, uh, couldn't deny it but there's good and there's bad associated with that sure um it's what uh you know helps me in life but uh and uh allowed me to you know i never say die my accomplishments anything i've in all humility been able to accomplish or succeed (laughs) in um but it also uh the negative aspects would be the ego involved with that um, and, and my temper and my anger uh, I have definitely mellowed in my old age uh, temper is something I've struggled with my entire life uh, my my grandfather was uh, he's a good man God love him it's long past now, but he was an abusive alcoholic and uh my dad never touched the stuff but uh uh he he used to uh it was uh, it was some hard times back in the day again he's he's mellowed now too though just like me um so just trying to be aware. Mm-hmm uh of that um just keeping my temper under control and so that's why that some of the i told you that class about oh yeah yeah writing in your emotions has helped and not telling myself stories um um because my temper's cost me a lot Dan. um mm-hmm. uh the, i mentioned to you that girlfriend that broke up with me in college mm-hmm. uh, you know it, it was i can remember just acting a donkey in front of her <laughs> and uh so but it goes around with you know just the uh sure it's both the rock is too firmly sta- standard and can be an obstacle to people too but right. it also protects people so I you could be an anchor in the nutshell, buddy. right i got you <laughs>
0: so um it's just it's, wow again it's it's a common thread um i think with more like quote-unquote normal folks you know folks who just they they, they do their thing they're you know they go to work they come home they eat dinner they you know watch conan well used to watch conan <laughs> and go to bed or yeah, whatever yeah i remember
1: those days yeah
0: <laughs> yeah i mean it's you know but people who don't really think outside the box at all they always have very different answers for for those types of things and also a lot of times very superficial you know um i remember on a tv show uh, do you remember how i met your mother the t- television show
1: I remember it. I never really watched it to be on but enough. I'm aware of it. I'm aware okay. of it. And well, the, um, of the the, the character
0: thing. the character of Robin was like interviewing for a job over the phone. I it's like, "Oh, well my greatest weakness, I'd have to say that, you know, I'm too forgiving and too nice and I work too hard, you know, like very superficial <laughs> crap." And uh, but it, it's really cool to me um, again, what part of the thing of asking these same questions to these people from different walks of life and all, but all folks that think outside the box um most people so far have listed their 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 uh biggest strength as and their biggest weakness is the same thing and I, I find that interesting that you do as well um a friend of mine who's a uh, actually you probably get along very well with this guy. He's a uh, he, he works the crisis hotline for for suicide prevention for for Tennessee.
1: Oh, um, great and great he, work he,
0: he does then. Yeah, yeah. Um, he actually's in Murfreesboro. He works from home now after COVID. He's he's as happy as a clam. <laughs> he doesn't have to go anywhere. Um, but he also writes like uh he's written the score for a couple of uh like the music score for a couple of
1: indie horror films. Nice. And, What's uh,
0: his name? Greg Bennett.
1: I don't know him. Has he worked with uh, Chad Crawford? <laughs> Crinkle people. Don't know the
0: two movies that he he's done are one was called Tennessee Gothic and the other was called the embalmers which was was very mm-hmm. like tennessee yeah. gothics won a bunch of awards and some different things like that well he well, was check it out yeah he was episode two is, is greg so go back and listen to <laughs> listen to that on here um but he uh he, he said you know his biggest strength and weakness is his uh he, it's his uh trust issues is what he said he's like he's very skeptical about people and you know it helps him make sure to not get you know, run, you know, run over and all this other kind of stuff. I'm like, well, so your weakness, he's like, I don't trust people, man.
1: Like, that's a weakness
0: too. Um, another friend of mine who I've, I've done an interview with, uh, Jennifer's a, a business um, executive person, a, an entrepreneur. And and she says, well, communication's my strength. She's like, but it's my weakness too. Sometimes I just way over communicate. Like, <laughs> oh <my laughs> Holy cow. Um, it's, it's just interesting. You know, I, I would probably, if, you know, thinking of that myself, I would probably be along the same lines of, it, it's just something I didn't expect, but it's been a very interesting thing to discover. Um, so one thing I'm asking everybody, yeah. um, I, I don't know if you have kept that track closely per, of me personally. Um, but, um, I was engaged for four and a half years to somebody I, who I moved back to Tennessee for, and she passed away a few years ago and, um, her name was Jessica. And so Jess's favorite quote was to the, be the change you want to see in the world that Ga- it's, yeah, you know, it's attributed Gandhi. to Gandhi. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, we made t-shirts with that on and she, it. She, was always wanted on and everything it was it was one of her favorite things she'd had a hard life and and, you know, it allowed her to kind of look at the positive versus always be dragged down by the negative. So in honor of her and also to kind of adopt it as my own, so to speak, um, I'm asking everybody, you know, and, and even at the closing and, and my sign off every time it's, it's be the weird you want to see in the world, um, yeah. which I, I like a lot. But so if the what kind of, you know, for being the weird you want to see in the world, what kind of what is what is that for you? What kind of weird do you want to see?
1: um well that's a good question dan uh and uh, and i'll get to it bring it full circle <laughs> i think i used that co- uh quote in my first novel so oh man, wow, cool yeah talk about kismet you know yeah and, man that's and good and stuff it up and just bringing it full circle yeah yeah that's very so, cool anyway the weird uh one of the things i did think about coming on here and uh if, and, you know, we've talked about how we're both in Tennessee, mm-hmm. and uh, I obviously grew up in rural Tennessee, as your listeners can tell by my nasal twang. Um, and, uh, and you well, mentioned Well, about- it
0: depends on who you ask, because if you're someone who's driving down I-24 going to Chattanooga, and you've been really irritated by Mont Eagle Mountain, your hometown of South <laughs> Pittsburgh is the first sign of civilization after a long
1: time of nothing. I wouldn't say so. that, necessarily. I <laughs> uh, <no. laughs> Now, quick plug to Chattanooga. Um, I mean, to South Pittsburgh. I live Church. in Chattanooga. I grew up in South Pittsburgh. Um, man, they have so much going on right now. Uh, they just got uh, basically selected to be, uh, I think it's Tennessee's inaugural, inaugural River Town. Cool. So they're having all kinds of, uh, just last weekend, my wife and I wanted to go, but we just had other things going on and couldn't make it. Sure. But, uh, a street dance, uh, they just had an Ooh, arts. That's cool oh wow uh, and uh they just did a port to paddle because tennessee so beautiful area right down there it's, uh, it's right in the nestled in the uh, appalachian mountains and you don't realize growing up um just how pretty all that is yeah but, uh, anyway they just had a port to paddle event so quick plug to them yeah proud very cool guys proud of spark uh well and uh, we can
0: include a, a link to the to the town website also so people can go and check it out yeah i'll try it, if it's online yeah like
1: yeah or something. um but, uh, it is uh, gorgeous a,
0: down there. It's really yeah. pretty. Yeah.
1: I had more of a point, but I, I have to get back to it. But <laughs> it does guy. tie in. Um, sure, you, sure. Mentioned, you mentioned, uh, like you could, didn't find people you could really interact with. Yeah. Um, until like middle school. Mm-hmm. Basically. Um, and you know, I didn't encounter people that I could, uh, talk about all the nerdy things, books, mm-hmm. comics, films, I was interested in until basically now there were people there. We just didn't know it. Right. Yeah. Because the mass culture uh, just isn't accepting of that thing. Um, right. In this rural setting. Um, and, uh, but it was, it was back in Chattanooga. Uh, I, I was a, out of college until I found a nerd herd to bond with. Um, <laughs> sure. So That was that was wonderful. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so I always felt out of place, as a result but i think it's you know i mentioned there were people there we just didn't know it at the time right so i would uh i would be the change you want to be in the world uh what i would like to see everybody let your geek flags fly (laughs) Uh, because the older i get Mm -hmm. you know and, and growing up you know but speaking of college um and even here in chattanooga i mentioned my nerd herd but you know, I was, uh, you know, that old song that was country, but country wasn't cool. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I was, I was always too country for the uh, the geek mm-hmm. uh, nerd yeah. crowd, and for the and for the country crowd, so to speak, I was always too geeky and right. So I never actually fit in. Yeah, um, and I always, uh, I didn't realize that's weird. But what is weird means is it, it really is your special what a unique thing mm-hmm. uh and uh, in prehistory you know you and i and dan probably would have been shamans of our, tri- shamans right. of our tribe <laughs> probably they, they knew what to do with it that's when right. the, uh, the natural world and the material world and the spiritual mm-hmm. world walked hand in hand uh and uh you know i say that facetiously but i also don't but you know the older <laughs> i got and you know you and i we're we legion we just don't realize it uh you know there's authors like one of my favorite, a couple of my favorites, Stephen King, Uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's from Backwoods, Maine and looking yeah. at all the fantastic nerdy stuff he's made. Another one, a, a Texas author, East Texas, Joe Lansdale. Um, you know, he's as, uh, he's as uh, twangy as me though. His is Texas. <laughs> thing. And uh, you know, blue collar background like myself, sure. but think of the awesome horror uh, your, your, your listeners may know uh he had a story adapted on uh, his most recent, well, he just had a book release, but um, Moon Lake, everybody check that out. But uh, your listeners at large may know that the uh, show Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a very interesting thing. Yeah, on uh, volume two of that, one of, it's a Lansdale story, gets an adaptation. That's cool. So, yeah, but, and he's down, you know, talk about paying it forward. That mm-hmm. guy, his wife has sent me Christmas cards. Oh, wow. And, um, and doesn't know me from Adam. So Let's see,
0: you said season two. I'm actually jotting that down because I want to check that out. Um <laughs> so
1: but Very anyway, cool. he's paying it forward. Uh him and his family, uh, his daughter's Casey's a singer. Um and uh but that's that's what I would say. Don't you may feel alone, but you are not. Uh you are Legion. And there are people out there who will love you and appreciate you. Uh just find them, bring them into your life um and have patience with those who don't excuse me Uh, not at all buddy so if we're about to wrap it up again that's what I would say Mm -hmm. again uh know how valuable you are um good friends ESP friends uh, if you're listening I hope you're well uh (laughs) hold your loved ones tight and just treat every day every moment like it it may just know how precious it is Mm -hmm. and, and and extend that To those around you and let those around you do it in turn and uh you know in all humility you know uh just just have a great fun life
0: (laughs) so uh, for anybody listening again um you know just in my life this is one of my favorite people for sure so i just want to throw that (laughs) out there um shane with uh any of the like, like i said you've got um you know, uh, folks can find you on Amazon. We're going to put links in the description so people can find your different projects. I definitely recommend anybody and everybody every ebook, physical book, um, you know, comic, everything like that. You can find by this man. Definitely go download it, buy it. You know, Amazon Prime will get it to you quick. <laughs> you know, um, you know, have it in your hand and definitely read. Uh, Is there any um, centralized place though, Shane, is that you have a a, a website or social media that where folks can follow you or anything like that to kind of, uh, you know, if they're interested in more of what you've got
1: going on? Um, Well, um, I'm on Instagram at Shane Berryhill one, and that's the number one. Okay. Um, And then I have a, it's Shane Berryhill comma writer. It's my uh, Facebook page. Okay. Yeah, as you've mentioned, I have an Amazon page, but the big daddy, sure. the big, uh, the big, uh, the big mother, the big lady, <laughs> right now is that Kickstarter, Jason in the Olympics. Right. Okay. So, and that is J A C I N Go there, um, back the project if you can. If you can't, um, share the project with. Sure. You, spread it far and wide. Um, and uh, and we thank you for your patronage, for your time, for your attention. I promise you, with uh, Jason J A C I N Info, Jason and the Olympians, you're going to have a wild roller coaster fun time.
0: Very very cool, man. That sounds like it. Um, it again, talented person, good human, like all of the things that are really valuable about a person this guy's got in spades. Um, Anybody out there that that really is any kind of sci fi or fantasy fan or really anybody who just likes to read and dive into other worlds. Definitely, definitely pick up everything he's got going on. Make sure to check out their website and hit them up on Kickstarter. Uh, All those links are going to be down in the description below. Um, Shane, man, it's really, really good to see you. i have been so excited to uh, for the last week since we've had this scheduled to, to jump on here and, uh, You know it's again everybody that's on my podcast is somebody i admire and appreciate and and and, uh you know really look up to and so to have you on here is, is absolutely wonderful and i'm really glad to have you um so that's going to be all for today everybody um we definitely are hoping to have shane and the rest of his compatriots back when they uh get to the end of their kickstarter campaign to be able to talk about their new book that's uh, that's coming up it's going to be a good time um and then uh you know once we get to video of course we'll have to have shane back so you guys can see the uh smiling face that is looking at you right now and you don't even know it uh thanks everybody remember be the weird you want to see in the world and we'll catch you all later on the power of weird Thank you for listening to The Power of Weird. This episode was brought to you by the Rosemary Run Novel Series, published by Standards of Starlight Books. Follow the women of Rosemary Run, California, as they face the darkness hiding beneath their community's picturesque facade. Find more about the Rosemary Run series, as well as other Standards of Starlight novels, at standardsofstarlight.com, or by following the link in the description below. Make sure to stay tuned for more of my story, as well as great interviews with amazing weird people. And remember, be the weird you want to see in the world. We'll see you next time on The Power of Weird.